Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 99 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I hope this episode finds you well, and I thank you for giving me some of your time today. Today we're going to discuss some cookie-related phrases. I have no ado, so let's bite right into today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up for today is, that's the way the cookie crumbles. This idiom is used to say, that's how it goes, or to say that you can't control a situation. The word cookie comes from the Dutch word cookie, which, while pronounced like cookie, is spelled K-O-E-K-J-E, and it meant small cake. In 1703, this word made its way into the British vernacular, which is where the C-O-O-K-I-E spelling came from. However, before crumbling cookies became part of a saying, people were saying, such as life. Joseph Baretti was an Italian literary critic, poet, writer, translator, and linguist. In 1792, he wrote A Grammar of the Italian Language, which included, quote, Così val mondo, end quote. This meant such as life, and its usage in a book about language tells us that it was almost certainly in use prior to this point. We know the cookie version was in use by at least the early 20th century, due to its use in The Racket, a play written in 1927 by Edward Bartlett Cormack, an American actor, playwright, screenwriter, and producer. The movie was chock-full of idioms and other phrases, one of which was, that's how the cookie crumbles. It's generally accepted that due to its use in the play, people were already aware of its usage and meaning, so it was likely already in use prior to the 1927 publication. The exact origin of Such is Life is unknown, as is the exact reasoning as to how it became a saying about cookies. Sometimes the info's just not out there. That's how the cookie crumbles. It's likely that it has to do with the fact that while you may be able to make a cookie crumble, you can't really control exactly how it crumbles. This translates to the idea that you can control certain aspects of a situation, but not all aspects of it, and you must accept the results, even the ones beyond your control. Now, let's get caught. Getting caught with your hand in the cookie jar means getting caught stealing something from someone, and although less common, it can also be used to say, mind your business. Let's look at the cookie jar itself before we move on to the saying. Cookie jars have also been called biscuit jars or biscuit barrels, which makes sense, seeing as how they seem to have gotten their start in England, where cookies are called biscuits. Cookie jars came into use around the late 18th century, and the early ones were usually made of glass and had metal lids. In the early 20th century, these cookie storage containers made their way across the pond, becoming popular in America around the Great Depression. 
In the 1930s, cookie jars began being made more from ceramics rather than glass. It's easy to see how cookie jars led to this saying. Most people love cookies, but kids really love them. If they're told they can't have a cookie, odds are they're going to try to get one anyway. If they go sneaking into the cookie jar and get caught, well, they're caught with their literal hand in a literal cookie jar. What helped this go from a literal cookie theft to an idiomatic one was a practice that grew in popularity around the time of World War II. Around this time, people began using cookie jars for more than just edible treats. More and more, they were hiding valuables in these cookie jars. So if someone tried to steal from them, they'd have to reach into the cookie jar. This is still stealing and still getting caught, but the cookie isn't actually a cookie anymore. I didn't find anything that was considered to be the first use in print, but I did find a modern-day reference to the saying. Many people that use the internet have seen a message about cookies, the tiny files websites store on your computer. The place these files are kept on a computer is called the cookie jar. If a person or company looks in this digital cookie jar without permission and were to get caught doing so, they would be caught with their virtual hand in the virtual cookie jar. So from literal to idiomatic to virtual, cookies in jars have been used to call out dishonest people and thieves. Now, let's all be the same. Cookie cutter is an idiom that means something is unoriginal or conformist. And this one is easy to understand, as cookie cutters make cookies that are all the same shape. The practice of shaping baked goods goes way back into old-timey times. Ancient Egyptians would make small cakes in different shapes. However, it wasn't until the 16th century that people were making wooden molds for pastries. They were extremely popular in Germany, which is where a woodcarver realized that adding a thin metal outline to the wood cutting tool made it easier to use, because it was then a more efficient cutting tool. Before long, these kitchen utensils were being made of only metal. By the late 19th century, cookie cutters had gone commercial and began being produced en masse. The wild popularity of the cookie cutter meant that the knowledge that they created products that all looked the same was widespread as well. By the early 20th century, this translated to the idiom. In a February 1922 article of the Chicago Sunday Tribune, a newspaper from Chicago, Illinois, we find this quote. There are always cookie cutter tendencies among us. One of these this year is the caracol-trimmed coat which every other woman in New York wears. End quote. In the article, the term cookie cutter was in quotes, but was not explained, indicating that it was already in use as an idiom prior to this article. Now let's look at some types of cookies. This last bit probably should be labeled as a turn of phrases tidbit, because there's not many details I can give you. Smart cookie, tough cookie, and sharp cookie are all similar phrases, used to describe a person as smart, tough, or clever, respectively. Now, before we get into the why, I should mention that some people use smart cookie and sharp cookie interchangeably, but I listed them separately because they can also be used to mean different things. 
Anyway, they all basically come from the same place and time, and that is America in the 1920s. Around this time, the word cookie became a slang word for women, but it was used in a positive sense. Since it was a positive way to refer to people, adding adjectives like smart, tough, or sharp just sort of happened, although no one really seems to know exactly when or why. By the 1940s, cookie wasn't really just used to refer to women anymore, and pretty much anyone could be referred to as a cookie of some sort. Some people think that smart cookie stemmed from fortune cookie, but there is no definitive proof for that. I don't have anything else for these sayings. They have a pretty ambiguous past, but I thought it was worth throwing them in to today's episode. So with that, it's time for today's Familiar Quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from Sandra Lee. Here's what she had to say about cookies. Quote, Baking cookies is comforting, and cookies are the sweetest little bit of comfort food. They are very bite-sized and personal. End quote. Thank you, Miss Lee, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, Love Advice from Old Timey Times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't argue with a stubborn husband. Drop the matter before argument leads to temper. You can generally gain your point in some other way. And now for the men. Don't expect happiness if you married for money. Once she realizes it, your wife won't let you forget it. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 99. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, may you always have the perfect amount of milk for your cookies. Toodaloo! Let me rephrase. Today, we're going to... In the 1930s, cookie jars became... 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 was a practice that grew in prop... So, from literal to idiomatic to virtual... virtual... that sounds weird. In a February night... 
in a February 19... Why does that sound so weird? February, February. 